Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. There are many who fear declining health. Being a Christian doesn't mean you're exempt from this. But today, Pastor J.D. gently reminds us that the enemy uses our fear in order to get what he wants. This won't change. Satan will continue to try and twist things so that by the time the end comes, everything will be backwards. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 31st, 2021. Science is replacing evolution by intelligent design. Did you catch that? He goes on to say this, not the intelligent design of some God above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds, the IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud. These are the new driving forces of evolution. See, Klaus Schwab has stated that this fourth industrial revolution is this quantum leap in evolution. Because evolution, of course, was over billions and billions and billions and billions of years, right? Their belief is that this next evolving in evolution will be, I mean, light speed, instant, because of the technology. Unlike machinery, data is everywhere and nowhere at the same time. It can move at the speed of light, and you can create as many copies of it as you want, and so does the data about my DNA, my brain, my body, and my life. Does it belong to me? or to some corporation, or to the government, or perhaps to the human collective. Now towards the end of the video, and I would encourage you to watch it. I would pray first though, before, and just ask God to give you a settled heart. At the end of the video, he's actually interviewed, so he's answering now questions that are asked. He says this quote, at present, big corporations are holding much of the data and people are becoming worried about it. But mandating governments to nationalize the data may curb the power of the big corporations only in order to give rise to digital dictatorships. Israel is building a real total surveillance regime in the West Bank, which is something we haven't seen anywhere in history before, of really trying to follow every place, every individual, and we still haven't crossed the critical watershed of the biometric sensor, whether it's in the U.S. or in Israel. That was three years ago. 
And at the rate at which everything is happening, here we are three years later, and he says this, in China, it's still social media, it's still my mobile phone, it's still where I go, what you say, make up my credit card. We still don't really have the technology to go inside. You know what he's talking about? Inside the body. But we are maybe five years, ten years away. Okay, let's do some math real quick. 2018 to five years is 2023, right? Uh, ten years is uh, what, 2028? Let's see, 2028 minus seven years is 2021. Anyway, that's, uh, sorry, I digress. <laughs> Don't email me. Just give me a break, will you? <laughs> I'm not date setting, but that's pretty close to me. And then he says this, what is meant by a digital dictatorship? I mean, it makes 1984 sound positively like child's play. Imagine for a moment that you were a dictator, be that digital or not. What would you do right now to help humanity deal with this? I don't think we should panic too late. <laughs> we should just first of all be aware that this is what we are facing, and there are many possibilities. Now, what does it mean in terms of the data about my DNA or what's happening in my brain? The most important exchange in this respect will be in health care. The big battle over what we do today called privacy will be between privacy and health. Do you give access to what is happening inside your body and brain in exchange for far better health care? My guess is that health will win. Hands down, people will give up their privacy in exchange for health care, and maybe in many places they won't have a choice. I mean, they won't even get insurance if they are unwilling to give access to what is happening in their bodies. Okay, bear with me for a second here, okay? This is how they will track every single person on the planet during the seven-year tribulation. They will get whatever it is under the banner of health care into your body so that they can track you, because they've got it inside you now. See, right now, I don't know if you know this or not, my son's been helping me out a lot on this. In fact, he's just scaring the H-E double toothpicks out of me every time he tells me about it. <laughs> they track you with this, you know that, right? They hear everything. In fact, my son and I had a uh, fun with it one time. Uh, he was over, and, and we were talking about this, and so we decided, hey, uh, let's just witness to whoever's listening to our conversation. You need Jesus. You need to get saved. <laughs> Jesus is coming. There's a reason why you're listening in on this conversation. God loves you. Jesus died for you. <laughs> the ABC's of salvation are... <laughs> 
Well now, see, if I didn't have this on me, they couldn't track me. So, you know, some people actually leave these things, these tracking devices, in their car or at home, and then they go. And we can't track them. We need to track them. How are we going to track them? Well, we need to get what's in here in them. How are we going to do that? <laughs> it reads like a script. It reads like a script. See this um, technology that goes into precision, the human DNA, using CRISPR-Cas9 technology, altering the human DNA. This is why, by the way, people who get the jabber magnetic, why are you looking at me like that? You've seen, it's a real thing, by the way. There are some, in fact, they, they, uh, when they get close to a device, it actually tries to connect to them. There's an electronic connection in them already now. Come on, J.D., you, you, uh, you've gone too far. Okay, you've lost your marbles. Well, it just presupposes I had marbles to lose to begin with. <laughs> you know, last year, <laughs> when a lot of this started coming out, and uh, I started talking about it, I, I just I had so many people say, J.D.'s lost it. He's crazy. This is, you know, why don't you go back to just talking about the Middle East, you know, just stay in your lane. And I mean, you're just, you're, this is all you talk about. Why? Well, (laughs) I want to say this as lovingly and as um, graciously and as humbly, and the Lord knows my heart as I possibly can, because this is what's happening right now. And this is the most important thing in terms of Bible prophecy as it relates to where we're at on God's prophetic clock. Well, what about Syria? Oh, it's it's still going to get fulfilled. You think that's on pause, on hold right now? Ezekiel 38, yeah, it's going to happen. But see, this is already happening. Now, here, we wake up tomorrow morning And we face this. You face this. This is what is happening now. Here's the bottom line. Everything that we're told will happen during the seven-year tribulation is even now beginning to come to pass. And as I mentioned at the beginning, Jesus in Luke 21, 28 said, Now, when these things begin to happen, begin, keyword, begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads. Why? Because your redemption draws near. When you start seeing this stuff, so we just got done hearing about a video from the World Economic Forum three years ago in 2018 describing this technology that's going to be in us to control us and track us, (laughs) and we're seeing it now. And then we go to Revelation 13 and really 6 through 19, and that's what it says it's going to be like. And the rapture is going to happen before. It has to. 
So if the rapture is going to happen before, and we're already seeing what's going to happen after, happen now, then Jesus is coming, man. I don't know how else to say it. Jesus is coming. He could come today. He could come today. You know that, right? This afternoon, wouldn't that be great? In fact, right now would be great, <laughs> right? That's how close we are. That's how close we are. And that should give us hope. That should give us hope. This is why we do these updates. This is why we end with the gospel. This is why we share the simple ABCs of salvation, which is a childlike explanation of salvation. What's the gospel? The gospel is the good news. What's the good news? Well, the good news is, is that Jesus came and He died for you instead of you, and He was buried, and He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day. That's the good news. That's what the word gospel means, good news. Your debt has been paid, you're free to go, good news. That's the gospel. And that's why we do the ABCs, because it's just a simple way to explain the gospel, the good news. Well, if there's good news, there must be bad news. There is bad news. The bad news is, you're a sinner! <laughs> that preaches, and so am I, chief of sinners. We've all sinned. And there has to be this acknowledging, admitting that I have sinned, because unless and until I acknowledge that I'm a sinner, I'm not interested in a Savior. And this is Romans 3.10. It says, there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In fact, that's what the word sin means. You miss the mark. It was an archery term. If you miss the bullseye, they would say you sinned, you fell short, you missed the mark. We've all fallen short of the perfect standard, the bullseye of God's righteousness. We've all broken the law. We've all sinned. And Romans 6.23 now pronounces the penalty for that sin. And by the way, it's the death penalty, because the wages of sin is death. But, and here's the good news, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 6.23. So stay with me on this, just real quick. I know we talk about this almost every week now, but for good reason, because a gift is a gift. Again, I know deeply profound. But a gift is a gift because somebody purchased it and gave it to me. If I purchased it, it's not a gift, it's a purchase. So he purchased me and you with his blood. It cost him everything. It cost him his life. His blood shed in my stead. He paid the price in full. It's finished. Stamped. Paid in full in his blood. Now, he's purchased it, and here comes the gift. What's the gift? Oh, eternal life. What's the catch? No, there's no catch. I paid for this, this gift. I purchased it. 
and I'm giving it to you. It's the gift of eternal life. The B, and this is central, this is so important, I don't think you can overstate the importance of this. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. See, once I acknowledge that I'm a sinner, that I need a Savior, I need Jesus, then I now believe in Him. It is an expression of my acknowledging of my sin. And so now I believe in Him. And this is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. That's the B. It's, it's actually simpler then ABC, it's as simple as B. <laughs> because when you believe in Jesus, you're saved. And then what comes from that is the C, the expression of salvation. You call upon the name of the Lord, confessing with your mouth. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10 again. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And then lastly, Romans ten thirteen. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that simple. It's that simple. And thank God it was that simple. I needed it to be simple almost 40 years ago when I called upon the name of the Lord and was saved and never looked back. The simplicity, the childlike simplicity of the gospel. If you're here today or watching online, I implore you, if you've never called upon the name of the Lord, today is the day of salvation. Do not delay, do not put off the most important decision of your life for eternal life. Today's the day. Today's the day. Can I share with you a testimony in closing? We still continue to receive these but God testimonies, and they are so encouraging and such a blessing. Oh, how I wish I could. You know, we need to do this one of those, uh, what do they call them? Sleepover, lockdown. I don't want to call it lockdown. That's horrible. <laughs> Shut-ins or lock-ins or whatever, you know, where you just spend like the whole night together. And we need to do it for like a week or so. And I could just share all of these with you, literally thousands of them. You would be so, so blessed, so encouraged. Okay, well, only one today. <laughs> so don't worry. It's from Nicolene. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. She's from New Zealand and writes, I would like to share a quick testimony with you. I stay in New Zealand and recently the government decided that children 12 years and older do not have to have parental consent and can be vaccinated at school with shot bro buses doing the rounds. You've heard about this, right? They also give incentives and have drawings for kids to win Xboxes and iPads. My child has ADHD due to vaccine injury in the past, and in my right mind, I cannot fathom 
how a child whose brain is still developing can make an informed medical decision without a parent. And needless to say, I became really worried. My child knows not to accept the jab, but when he heard he could win an Xbox, which is boldly advertised on the school Facebook pages, his eyes grew wide and he said to me, Mom, how am I going to say no? The pressure on these kids is already so great. And I know that with enough pressure from teachers, friends, and the government, without a parent present to stand up for them, they become sitting ducks. So my husband and I discussed it, and we did what we felt in our hearts we should do. We applied for a homeschool exemption. Within a week we received the approval. Praise the Lord. I am still a full-time working mom, and my husband also works full-time. We will start homeschooling next year, and I pray that the organization I work for will grant me to work from home permanently, and also just half day and not full-time, so I can focus the rest of my day on the kids. I have faith. He is already there, and either way He will provide. I actually believe the rapture will happen before then. (laughs) If it does, praise the Lord. If it doesn't, praise the Lord. Our God is faithful, and I can now protect my babies under my wings at home the same way He protects us. God bless you and your team, J.D. Shalom. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Father in heaven, thank you so much. (laughs) Lord, (sighs) you love us so much. You love us so much, Lord. Lord, thank you for telling us what the world's going to look like at the time of the end before you come for us, because knowing that and seeing everything that's happening in the world is what is giving us that hope to hold on. You've got to be coming soon. It's got to be soon. It's got to be so close. You must be just like right at the door, as they say, just waiting. And as soon as that trumpet sounds, all of our loved ones, fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, uncles, aunties, that all went home to be with you, absent from the body, present with you, they're going to be raised first, their new bodies. And then, we who are alive and remain, that's us, are going to be caught up to meet you in the air. And we're going to get to see them again too, and forever be with you. Lord, that's not just our blessed hope, as Paul writes to Titus. It's our only hope. It's our only hope. We're not getting out of this unless you take us out of this world. And that's exactly what you're going to do. And I pray that everyone that is here and watching this is ready for when that trumpet sounds. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible, though written long ago, is inspired by our Creator. God chose to speak His truth through ordinary men, but these men had their eyes fixed on their Heavenly Father. Their words hold a great deal of meaning for us in our world today, and maybe more so in the times we're in. 
Much of the activity of this world is mirrored in the pages of the Bible and is pointing to a new era that we need to be aware of. In Pastor J.D.'s weekly Mideast Prophecy Updates, he's been searching the scriptures and the news headlines and sharing with us what he's found. You can access these updates by heading to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on the YouTube link. Jesus will be returning to the earth soon to judge the evil that has been destroying it. And that return, friends, is drawing closer with each new day. Pastor J.D. tells us through these updates each week where we are in relation to Bible prophecy and how close our Savior's return just might be. No one knows the day or the hour this incredible event will take place, but we know from the Bible that we've been told what to expect in the moments leading up to this event. If we adopt a sense of anticipation in our daily walk with Jesus, we'll also gain with it an urgency to share the gospel message with the world around us. We're called to unashamedly boast about our Savior and plant the seed of hope which Jesus promises to water. Share Jesus with someone today and join us for another edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update right here on In Spirit and Truth.